0: To full service radio. Full service radio. Full service. Full service. Full service.
1: Full service radio. Live from Washington, D.C. at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, you're listening to The Tidbit brought to you by Curate. I'm your host and the CEO of Curate, Kim Bryden. Do you run a small business or have dreams to start one? Well, here at the Tidbit, we've got your back. Each week, we talk through tidbits of knowledge around starting and running a food business, a small business with a food and beverage lens. At the top of the show, we share a tidbit of knowledge around something we're reading, learning, listening to, or even eating. And then we dive in deeper on that tidbit with a guest. And today, we're talking about how to become a B Corp and how to measure your impact. But before introducing our guest, I want to set the stage and give you a bit of backstory on why I believe the metrics and assessments of B Corp are vital to business growth today. So at Curate, we are on a mission to shift purchasing dollars back into local economies while, of course, strengthening our small business community through access to education and resources. But that first function, shifting purchasing dollars, how do we do that? Well, we have this procurement platform, Carrot Connect, where buyers issue RFPs, requests for proposals to small business owners to bid on. And we've created this competitive, transparent local marketplace for big and small business to do business with one another. And by seeing these uh, connections between big and small, we're also able to see the trends in supply and demand. What types of products are small businesses producing versus the ask of the buyer? And how much alignment is there really? And this is a very unique position to be in. And in part, this is also how larger tech accelerator programs seem to find the the unicorn of businesses because they're mapping out and researching the shifts in consumer behavior and monitoring the changes in supply and demand. So let's take Y Combinator as an example. Y Combinator is probably one of the most notable tech accelerators um, turning out companies like Airbnb, for example. And earlier this year, they put out a RFS, not an RFP, an RFS, a request for startups with business ideas in the following categories. I'm going to name just a few here, but the full article will be linked on our show notes on the blog, curate.co slash blog. That's C-U-R-E-A-T-E dot co slash blog. And so reading from their post, here are a few of the business ideas, the the trends that they see emerging in technology in the years to come. So number one, cellular agriculture and clean meat. Recent scientific developments have changed the way we think about producing protein, and we can now produce food that is scientifically indistinguishable from animal products like meat and dairy. Two, cleaner commodities. At the current rates of deforestation, there will be no rainforest in 100 years. There are many environmental reasons why this is bad. And, of course, it's going to be problematic for industries relying on these increasingly scarce resources. And three, supporting creators. The Internet has made it easy to distribute creative work to millions of people, but no one has figured out how to help creatives make a sustainable living. Well... We've got you there on that last one, Y Combinator, but but really zooming back out with just using these three as an example, do you see a pattern here at all? Is there anything that catches your attention about each one of these that we mentioned? To me, I instantly, instantly see a change in the way people build businesses. So how can you, how can we build businesses For both profit and purpose. Every single one of these ideas mentioned has to do with social and environmental impact. These are the types of businesses of the future. And we're not just optimizing for one variable anymore. We're not just optimizing for wealth only. We have to take into account an entire ecosystem. And this is why I think that B Corp certification is so interesting because it certainly helps in putting tangible metrics around your impact. So we're gonna take a quick break, but when we return, we'll be sitting down with Mark Frieden, president of Crossbow Strategies. And Mark believes that businesses, wellness, and the natural environment can all work together to grow a community where everyone thrives. I 100% agree, Mark. We will be right back. listening to The Tidbit live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan. We are sitting down with Mark Frieden, president of Crossbow Strategies. Crossbow Strategies works with socially conscious businesses to increase their value with stakeholders, including employees, customers, shareholders, and suppliers. Hello, Mark. Hello, Kim. Thanks for being here.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So uh, before we go into the nitty gritty, Let's start high level because I think we need to set the foundation. Can you explain to us what is B Corp certification and, and what is the difference between B Corp versus a public benefit corporation? Because I think I know that there is a difference. So educate me. And why would a business owner choose one path over the other?
2: Okay. So B Corporation is Certified B Corporation is a third-party certification. Public Benefit Corporation is a legal status for businesses. And I'll start with where it came from. B Lab is a nonprofit based near Philadelphia. They've been around since 2007. And they're the ones who administer the third-party certification for B Corporations. Now, they have also worked with state legislatures because in the United States, business law comes from the states so 35 states including DC Maryland Virginia Delaware which a lot of companies are registered in have public benefit corporations and this allows the owners or the directors of a business to make decisions not only on shareholder uh, benefit but also social and environmental so it takes into account those things that you mentioned employees suppliers the environment uh community etc. so if they want to uh benefit their community and give back to the community they can do that and not as a traditional business does only benefit the shareholders. The third party certification certified B corporation uh there's right now about 2500 certified B corporations in the United States and about 150 different countries. And about 12% of those companies are food and agriculture-based companies. And the, the third-party certification is 200 questions that focus on governance, uh, community, workers, customers, and the environment. And so under community, you also have suppliers as well. And you want to make sure that you're sourcing properly, you're treating your workers well, et cetera.
1: Fascinating. And are there certain uh, B Corp certified businesses that are the most prominent today that someone could be like, ah, I know that business?
2: Yeah, I think um, an article I read said that uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream is one of the most well-known certified B corporations. I
1: think Etsy might be as well.
2: Uh, Etsy is. uh, Yes, they are. Uh, and also Seventh Generation Ooh. and uh, uh, Patagonia, mm. uh, Hex Ferments up in Baltimore, which is a, a small food company. Yeah. Uh, I worked with them last year and, you know, very focused on that. Uh, in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, there's probably about 50 or more Certified B corporations, they're popping up all the time. Shout
1: out to Hex Ferments that we actually carry their kombucha over here at the cup we all race for, the hotel coffee shop in the lobby.
2: Ah, it's good to know.
1: Yeah. So we started the show talking about these different types of business models that Y Combinator, in particular, one of the most notable early stage accelerator programs in the country, uh, the types of business models they're seeking out. And a lot of the business ideas that they're searching for, touch on aspects of B Corp certification, sustainability and social impact. So switching from tech back to food, you were mentioning Ben and Jerry's, Um, an article recently published by Just-Food, not the word dash, just a dash, (laughs) justfood.com, the title read, why should food companies consider becoming B Corp? And the subhead went on to read, food manufacturers, from the very small to just about as large as they come, have found themselves drawn to the B Corp ideals of sustainable business. So what are these ideals, and do you agree? I mean, are food businesses particularly primed for B Corp certification?
2: Well, I think they are. And when you look at what food and agriculture is, it's, it sustains our health and well-being, And so, you want to have food that is sourced uh, either locally, organically, or both, preferably. Um, You know, shipping uh, grapes in from Chile isn't exactly environmentally friendly. Um, I mentioned Hex Ferments. They source all their food within 200 miles. So, it's... It's not only uh, that locally sourced, but it's supporting the local economies as well. So a lot of these things with food are, you know, they're all connected because you have uh, you want to have food that's locally grown. And in this area, uh, the Washington, D.C. area, you have, you know, a lot of farms outside the Beltway. But now you're having a lot of there's a lot of urban farming in the district as well as some of the close in suburbs as well. So you're supporting local economies there. I just read about uh, an organization out in uh, Oakland, California that takes uh, ex-offenders and helps them learn farming skills. And what a great way to bring people back into, into society, teaching them farming skills and in an urban area where, you know, most people wouldn't think, oh, there's a farm behind that building or on top of that building because there's rooftop agriculture.
1: Totally. One of our uh, featured entrepreneurs here on the Tidbit, uh, it's a company called Soilful City. And the gentleman behind Soilful Soilful City, Xavier Brown, he has a, a collective of urban gardens throughout the city. Um, and he has sort of decentralized the growing, and so each individual community plot grows these fish peppers, and then he collects them all from the community, and then bottles them into a fish pepper sauce. It's an amazing business, um, and we love his operations so much so that we awarded him a thousand dollars last season on the tidbit to help him grow and scale. Nice. But it's it's I 100% agree. This is the perfect example of why food businesses impact our lives so much and can very transparently show the importance of putting your dollar back into these businesses because it's not just a transaction of you receiving just that product, right? It's the ripple effect of you buying that product and how it's affecting that entire supply chain
2: exactly i mean if you look at the local economy when you spend money with a local business it puts about 68 cents of every dollar back in the economy versus buying through large national or international businesses that might it might be less than 50 cents out of every dollar
1: wow that is huge that is a quote right there to remember top of mind when you try to buy your tropicana orange juice actually go for the locally uh you know, locally produced misfit juice over here at the coffee bar, too. Man, we're just talking about all of the delicious beverages across the hall from us right now. So we are sitting down with Mark Frieden, president of Crossbow Strategies, a firm that helps clients build more of a positive impact on the community while reducing the impact on the environment. We are going to take a quick break and be back about how we measure our positive impact as business owners. (music) is the tidbit we're talking with mark of crossbow strategies and how to become a b corp and measure your impact as a business owner so on the tidbit we talk a lot about building a business for both profit and purpose which is what a lot of what we've been talking about so far with b corp and i what i love about this certification is that there are metrics and key performance indicators kpis tied to impact And this is what your firm Crossbow Strategies is uniquely positioned to help businesses with. And I believe it's called a B-impact assessment even. Yes. Yeah. And uh, tell us more about what this process is like and can you walk us through step-by-step step, the certain metrics to consider?
2: Sure. So anyone can take the B-impact assessment. If you just go to bcorporation.net and then go to the top, you'll see uh, log login and you put in your uh, email address and create a password. And then it's going to ask you a questions about your business where you're located how many employees you have what industry you're in and then the assessment is done online Uh, there's a quick version of the assessment which generally takes an hour or two and it kind of gives you a um, it gives you a kind of a baseline gives you some ideas where you're strong and where you're weak on those areas of governance workers environment community and customers Uh, the full assessment is 200 questions and that takes a while to go through because it you're developing uh, processes. Uh, some companies have written policies on employees, on uh, environmental, uh, uh, environmental impact, supplier code of conduct, making sure that you're purchasing from companies that are giving back to the community or are women or minor- minority owned. Um, so it's not just checking the boxes, but it's, Creating those policies and it's constant improvement because when you get certified once you go through that you have to score a minimum of 80 points out of 200 and so if you look on the B Corporation website you can actually see all these different companies like hex ferments Patagonia Ben & Jerry's that I mentioned and see what their B impact uh, score was and companies have to recertify every two years and so the assessment B-Lab actually changes the assessment every two years and makes it a little bit harder every two years because they want companies to constantly improve. It's not just take the assessment, get your 80 points, you're done with it. It's constant improvement. And a lot of companies will actually take the assessment. uh, I think about 50,000 companies have actually gone through the assessment. They may or may not decide to be certified, or they may find that if they're under 80 points, they, want, they need to get up there if they want to improve. Or they say, well, we got 80 points, let's see if we can get over 100. And I think the average, I was told by B Lab, the average first-time score for a company that's really serious about getting that certification is in the mid-90s or so. Wow. So, But some companies like uh, Patagonia and uh, New Belgium Brewing out in Colorado, uh, they're scoring well over 100 points. Wow,
1: um, it's almost this uh, external validation check that you're on the right path, that yeah. you're pushing the edge.
2: Yeah, and B-Lab actually has a Best for the World campaign, so oh. every year they reward the top 10% of scores overall and then each in each of those five categories that I mentioned. So there's an incentive to be out there and really score high in your area, and we have a lot of companies in this area who have... Uh, scored uh, who have been selected as best for the world
1: Wow do you can you remember any of them um,
2: well Rafa PC which is an accounting firm
1: oh interesting and
2: um, let's see uh, roundpeg communications wow. they're in Silver Spring and um, there there's some others I can't remember all of them yeah but.
1: no that's fantastic so in those five categories I imagine you, as a business going through, don't have to score so high in, in in each. Oh,
2: absolutely not. You can choose. You can choose. And what I always tell companies is that you're you might be strong in one area, but not in all five. Very few companies are strong in all five areas. Um, and what the assessment allows you to do is, uh, and when I go through the assessment with somebody, I might know, you know, I'll know a lot about their company before I really start working with them, I'll know they're really strong in environment uh... or they're really strong in community and let's go through that part first because you can score a lot of points because it gives them that confidence that hey I can do this and then let's work on those parts that you may need to to work on because uh... you know especially in the food business because uh... a lot of employees with food and agriculture companies aren't necessarily paid well they might be paid, you know, obviously a livable wage. But right. are they are they provided benefits? Are they provided days off? Are they provided
1: parental leave?
2: Parental leave, yeah. days off with with pay mm-hmm. to um, to actually do volunteer work because a lot of companies will uh, Better World Telecom, which is based out in Reston, they give their employees days that they can do volunteer service and they're paid for that. Wow! Yeah.
1: Yeah, so maybe a business that is an accounting firm focuses more on employee and community stakeholder engagement, right? And may have less points, maybe on the environmental side. Yeah, I as mean, an accounting firm, sure. whereas food would be the the flip. Maybe the food uh, business is focused more on environment and supplier stakeholder engagement.
2: Yeah, and well, and community too, because oh, I, of course I will say that uh, hex ferment some kind of promoting them a little bit. Yeah, no, we love them. But uh, they support local farmers in Maryland and Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, because the average age of a farmer is probably around 58 years old, I believe. And getting young people into farming is really tough because, you know, you have, you know, there's a lot of investment there. And so they support these nonprofits that get young people into farming and get them set up to succeed.
1: Yeah, three episodes ago, and if you are not subscribed to the Tidbit on iTunes, I highly recommend you do so because three episodes ago we talked to um, the Sustainability Innovation Program Manager at the University of the District of Columbia, and UDC actually is one of the one of the only, if not the only, urban university that's a land grant from. Um, from the government. And so they actually have an entire pipeline and curriculum to create more urban or rural farmers through UDC's curriculum, for this exact reason. I mean, our farming population is aging out, Um, absolutely. And I love the example of using HEX because you're absolutely right, they could have sourced from California or Oregon and had potentially cheaper cabbage, for example, to work with, but they're committed to creating that local sustainable economy. Absolutely. So now that we've convinced everyone to become a B (laughs) Corp, how do you begin the process? So it sounds like you go through this B impact assessment and that then leads to additional processes and procedures to think through. So So, if someone was working with you, what are the next steps? So, if they're working with you to go through this assessment, then what happens?
2: Well, um, they go through the assessment, which, you know, it it can take a while. It's not just sit down with them for an afternoon. And again, I will help them write uh, supplier code of conduct environmental management systems if they don't have an employee manual or they might have a basic employee manual I help them expand on that and really help them think through some of these things and it might not just be with the owner of the company it might be with different department heads and then once you go through the process you submit your score once you Get above 80 points, submit your score to B Lab, and they schedule a review call. Now, a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's crazy," but Scary, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's not too bad. They uh, the folks at B Lab are very nice, and they so you're on the call for hour and a half, two hours with them, and they'll pick out certain questions they want proof on. So you know they'll they'll pick out different questions that might be significant points and say okay prove this or provide documentation for this and then you do that and then once you get all that through which can take anywhere from a couple of days to maybe a couple of weeks depending on where your score is, and you might drop a couple of points but that's why you try to get it well above 80 and then after that you pay your uh, certification fee to B lab and it's anywhere from $500 to $50,000 depending on your revenues so smaller companies, don't worry, you're not paying $50,000. And then after that, you are certified and you're on their site and you get to use that, um, that B certified B Corp logo on your products, uh, your website, and really get out there and educate your stakeholders about this. And that's what I also do is... We'll talk to employees or the community. Uh, I'll put together a press release that they can send out to the media and announce their B Corp certification.
1: Wow, fantastic. And I, to unpack the, the processes one may then implement to, in order to achieve this certification, I'm just going to keep using sourcing from local farmers as an example of one creating a value-added product. So would you say one of the the key performance indicators you may assess is we are going to make sure 80% of our raw products sourced are from this mileage radius. So what are some of those tangible KPIs you may walk someone through in order to meet this certification that they... Because if you're on the phone with B-Lab and they're like, well, prove it, right? right. And <laughs> like, what are the things that you're working someone through, that that become those headline KPIs?
2: Well, a lot of it has to do with documentation and proof, and so it's getting those receipts from local suppliers to say, okay, I'm within 100 miles, 200 miles, and this and is- And
1: tracking it. And
2: tracking it all. So it's really, you know, if this is something you're thinking about, make sure you have your documentation around, and it's really getting to those, um, getting getting that written proof that it's there. And again, it's constant improvement. So you might be at 70% one year and then go jump up to 80 or 90% in a year or so. It, it's not going to happen overnight necessarily. It, of course, finding new suppliers doesn't happen overnight in no. the food business. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're already doing it, then you're probably already there. And so when I started working with Hex Ferments, I knew they're going to probably get this because they're so committed to doing this, and they've been and it, it they're a young company, but they've been doing this since the beginning so you know a lot one of the questions I get asked is should i is this something I should do starting my business, or should I wait a few years and I say at least go through the assessment now as a young business, you may not score the minimum 80 points, you may not have those KPIs to where you want them to be, but then once you're past that, then it's t- then you can get certified. So it's not like...
1: A benchmark you can aim for.
2: Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you don't have to get certified right away. It's like, let's get those KPIs in place, start measuring things, and then maybe six months, A year, two years down the road, okay, wow, I've gotten up to 110 or 120 points. Let's do it.
1: And just a little plug for food safety here, by tracking where your suppliers are growing, producing their product, how it's getting to you, tracking those receipts. I mean, you need those for your batch logs when you're producing the product. And so sometimes when we talk about building food businesses, we may discuss all of these different aspects and silos. You know, defining your mission and values may seem separate than food safety, which may seem separate than financial management, but actually by tracking and creating these benchmarks for yourselves, it's all interconnected, right? They, uh, all of those things relate to one another in order for you to build the best business possible.
2: Right. And food safety and, and health and getting you know sourcing locally is important because uh, you know, local food is more nutrient rich for the most part than food that's been shipped across the country or halfway around the world
1: totally loses all of its nutrient density in that shipping process right. wow well, so how can people find out more about you work with you learn what you're up to on a day-to-day basis
2: well they can uh, go to crossbowstrategies.com and my email is mark at crossbowstrategies.com uh, follow me on twitter and all the other social media that's out there Um, and yeah, I'm happy to talk to folks that are interested in the, in the certification or, you know, get them to a point that this, that they're thinking about this, uh, if not now in the future.
1: I love it. And of course, everybody has their own, um, unique value propositions. And again, maybe won't hit on all five of those areas, but you would work with them on diving in deeper and creating those processes to get well above the 80 points. Absolutely. (laughs) So... Thank you so much for being with us, Mark. Um, This show is actually based on a biweekly newsletter that we send out at Curate called The Tidbit. And we discuss what we're reading, eating, drinking, listening to, and learning. Five quick morsels of information to get you in the know and on top of your game. So if you're eager to learn more tidbits of knowledge about the food and beverage industry or even our entrepreneurship lessons learned, sign up today. We have a send coming out this week. Head over to curateconnect.com and sign up in the footer. C-U-R-E-A-T-E, connect.com. Until next time, everybody, remember to scale thoughtfully and source locally.
0: Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.